Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. I've noticed over the years that one of the ways people seek to encourage new listeners to classical music is by emphasising its relaxing qualities. It's not a word you'll ever catch me using about it. I don't think any composer would want to know that his or her music had been used for that purpose. It's a label which is particularly tempting to use on gentle music, such as the one we're going to start with today. But music of any kind should stimulate us, send our minds to places or people we cherish, or may even have forgotten. Rosamunda, Princess of Cyprus, is a play rarely performed these days, and is only really known for the music which Schubert wrote to accompany it, which itself is equally rarely performed in full, made up of ten parts and lasting for over an hour. We're going to listen to one of the most famous sections, the Andantino. It's a charming and gentle melody. Schubert obviously liked the main theme himself as well, since he went on to use it a couple of other times elsewhere, most notably in his B-flat impromptu number three. The Andantino is played here by the Dresden Staatskapelle Orchestra, conducted by Willy Boskowski, a man who had a particular affinity with Viennese music.
A while ago, we listened to the prelude to Act One of Verdi's La Traviata, and I think it's now time to listen to one of the arias. In the second act, Alfredo's dad has been to visit Violetta to insist that she breaks off her relationship with Alfredo because her reputation is bringing disgrace to his family. Germont returns to find his son in despair after reading Violetta's letter that she must leave him. In this aria, Di Provenza, he tries to console him that it's for the best. And speaking of best, they don't come much better than this, the much-lamented Dmitri of Orostovsky. This is an extraordinary example of real colour and breath control in a live performance at Covent Garden in 2004. The first two sentences are sung in one breath and the final note is perfection itself. Yeah. 
In episode 6, I refer to the conflicts which Richard Strauss faced in Nazi Germany, and I said I'd come back to it another time. Now is that time in introducing this blaze of jubilation. Strauss, who lived between 1864 and 1949, and was no relation whatsoever to the Waltz famous family, was a German composer who attracted a great deal of controversy and opprobrium because of his links with Nazism. Born into a wealthy brewing family, there was always plenty of music in the household and composition apparently came easily to him, as did conducting, a talent which secured him a number of high-profile positions as well as some major recordings. When Hitler became Chancellor in 1933, Strauss was nearly 70 and found himself in a fairly awkward position. He was by now a prominent and well-known individual whose support for the success of the new regime was vital but he had a Jewish daughter-in-law, as well as many Jewish friends. So while he never joined the party, he felt that Hitler's love of music would be the best safeguard. Nevertheless, it was a stance of which many disapproved. The great conductor Toscanini once said, To Strauss the composer, I take off my hat. To Strauss the man, I put it back on again. The term tone poem is simply applied to a piece of music which involves description or reference to someone or something in literature. Strauss wrote this precociously mature one, Don Juan, at the tender age of 25. The Don has been set to music by many, perhaps most famously by Mozart in his opera Don Giovanni, but unlike Mozart's Don, who is defiant to the last, Strauss bases this on Lenau's account, where the Don dies in a duel. This is music, which portrays a story of passion, conquests and affairs, at least a couple of them not culminating in consent, as well as a tender love scene introduced by an oboe. It's all there, right up to the duel at the end, and if you listen carefully, you will hear the single fatal sword blow on a trumpet, followed by quivering on the strings as the villain falls to the ground, withers and breathes his last. The conductor André Previn used to joke that this was the perfect piece with which to open a concert, because the opening is so difficult. His view was that the safest approach was to get the piece underway before the welcoming applause had finished, so as to disguise any detection of the orchestra not being completely together. In 1924, Strauss said, Haven't I the right, after all, to write what music I please? I cannot bear the tragedy of the present time. I want to create joy. I need it. Don't we all? Here it is in spades, played by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra with its trademark brass center stage, conducted by George Schulte.
That's it for now. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson. He'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you. So please do join him then. And you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below. Thank you.